Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Other Side of Midnight presents The Midnight Files. Midnight in the desert, shooting stars across the sky. Pretty good about uh, making the claim that we do more UFO and or extraterrestrial coverage than any radio show in America. And uh, those two are not always necessarily the same thing. And since we started this show, a, a group that I have frequently looked upon as a, an incredible resource, quite frankly, has been MUFON. Uh, They have been great in terms of providing experts. They have been great in terms of um, providing research and different uh, different areas that I can that I can tap more into. And uh, Ron James is the director of media relations for MUFON. He's also the founder of something called MUFON TV, which is the largest hub of free videos on the internet related to UFOs and UAP that's out there. He's an award-winning filmmaker, researcher, editor, writer, on-camera personality, you name it. And now he's got this phenomenal new film out called Accidental Truth, which we're going to talk about in just a bit. But before we talk with Ron James, let me play for you the trailer of Accidental Truth. UFO reality can no longer be denied. In 2017, the New York Times broke a front-page story about a shadowy government program. Pentagon had this secret UFO monitoring agency which nobody knew about. Don't ask me because I'm not going to tell you. Instead of answers, we've been given a new narrative. The UAPs are not ours or any foreign governments. Then the question is, whose are they? You can ask the questions, but who are you going to ask them of? And you've got to make sure you're asking the right people. There are many things that are out there in the ether that aren't officially brought to our attention. How would it have to be officially brought to your attention? I'm bringing it to your attention. 
Do you expect to see real answers in this report? Uh, honestly, I don't think so, Jake. A memorable quote in that is technology not of this earth, not made by man. That's a profound moment. So have you studied classified materials, but you just don't have them? I just shouldn't say anything more. Individuals at the Pentagon confirmed the Roswell spacecraft real. It's just a complete cover-up. Some phenomena point to an interaction with consciousness. Maybe the physical evolved from consciousness. Life may exist in all sorts of forms. The question is, what's our definition of life? That is the trailer for Accidental Truth. The man that made that documentary, Ron James, joins us right now. Ron, first of all, congratulations on the movie. I could tell how much work you put into this. I just finished watching it right before the show. It's phenomenal. I've seen a lot of videos and a lot of documentaries on this subject. I don't know that I've seen anything quite like this and as comprehensive as this was. Well, thank you. That's that's quite a compliment, especially coming from someone like you who's seen a lot of this material. I appreciate that, Ron. Ron, um, this is the first time some in our audience might have heard about the organization MUFON, M-U-F-O-N. If people have not heard of MUFON, if they're unfamiliar with it, what is MUFON? So MUFON is the Mutual UFO Network. It's the largest and oldest civilian organization ever to be dedicated to the scientific understanding of this of UFOs for the benefit of humanity. Um, <clears throat> we have currently a little under 5,000 members worldwide, uh, over 600 active field investigators that actually go out and investigate cases. And um, we, uh, we also have resources for experiencers and people that have uh, kind of had things happen to them that they can't explain and community for people that are into the UFO topic. And recently MUFON has been in Washington, D.C., We've had to keep quiet about it, but I can actually announce here for one of the first times that we were responsible for getting those hearings done with Andre Carson. Wow. It was us behind the scenes in our lobbying group in, in Washington, D.C. that met with Carson, met with uh, Gallagher, met with Gillibrand, and got it done. <clears throat> so there's a lot of people out there taking credit for that, but um, it was actually us that did it. So MUFON is the largest force in, in, in the study of you, of the UAP phenomenon. Well, I, I'm not surprised to hear that, and uh, you actually have some sitting members of Congress in this uh, documentary, as well as a number of other experts, including some people that we've talked to on on the show before. Hey, uh, before we get into the film, what what sparked your interest in this subject? I know you've been involved in production and a couple of other businesses over the years. What sparked your interest in the UFO subject? Well, early in my career, I decided that I didn't want to just be another cog in the machine and Discovery Channel would come to town where I lived in Florida and I'd get paid for carrying their gear through hurricanes. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. So I decided uh, through a couple of experiences that I had, nothing nothing with UFOs, just kind of spiritual experiences and awakenings that I wanted to dedicate my video career to uh, life after death, the ET question, and, you know, the very nature of reality. What is it that, that this whole thing is? And so that's the topics that I've been tackling for, for years now with a variety of different shows and videos and movies. Tell me what the purpose of this documentary, Accidental Truth, is. What are you hoping people take from this? Well, we're in a situation where we're getting kind of a watered-down version of, of disclosure uh, at, outfitted by what I call the a new narrative 
that seeks to whitewash all of the past and bubble up the information that was discovered through all these covert programs. And I think that accidental truth is, is called that because these people don't want to tell us what they know. But if you ask the right questions and you, and you connect mm. the dots, the true story becomes obvious. So I wanted to make – a lot of times I get asked this question, what is the one book I can read or the one film I could watch that would kind of get me up to speed? And there's been a lot of good attempts at that, but I don't think anybody's really ever gotten it to, to that point that concisely. And so not only did I try to create something that the mainstream audience not, – not just the UFO people, but people all over the world – could watch this film. And if they're willing to just sit down for an hour and a half, they're going to get it. And we've got so much new information and so many things that obviously blow the lid off this, off some of the secrecy by the very people that are supposed to be keeping the secrets that w by the time you get to the end of it, you're just like, okay, I'm starting to, to really understand this. And, um, the goal obviously with that is to leave these guys no more room. There, there's just nowhere left to go after accidental truth. They, 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 they've, there's a little wall of air between where people like Lou Elizondo and, and Chris Mellon and some of these other people have gone. There's a little bit of air between that and just finally admitting to us something is going on, right. that we're definitively being engaged by some kind of non-human intelligence, probably many. Uh, but they haven't admitted it yet. If but people, after accidental truth, there's nowhere left to go. If, if people are uh, unfamiliar with the names that uh, that you just mentioned, both Lou Elizondo and uh, Chris Mellon were uh, pretty high-level members of the government. Uh, Lou Elizondo was the head of the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, which we learned about in December of 2017, which supposedly has gone away. And uh, Christopher Mellon was a, uh, a deputy secretary of state who uh, was tasked with investigating a lot of this stuff. I can tell um, by watching this, how much work went into this. And you have uh, interviews going back years, including with some people that are no longer with us anymore. How long did it take you to make this film, start to finish? Well, the actual editing process and some of the more contemporary interviews took me a year and a half. But we've got, like you said, we've got interviews that go back as far as 2009 when I was doing, uh, I used to produce the X conference. And I, I've produced a lot of these conferences. And one of the, I was one of the very first people out there that would hang a green screen in a conference room and grab these guys off the stage and take them backstage and interview them. So over the years, I've built up a very substantial archive of never published interviews. Um, you mentioned people that aren't with us. We have Dr. Edgar Mitchell mm. in there. I interviewed him in 2009. And this is a never before seen interview where he basically talks about how he investigated the Roswell thing and found out that, yes, it was a real deal. He said that before, but this particular interview has never been seen. Yeah, no, no, it's really well done. And we're going to get into how people can see this in a moment. One of the, the narrator of this is actor Matthew Modine, who people might remember from Full Metal Jacket or any of the other great movies that, uh, that he has done. And he does a great job narrating this, I must say. I, I alluded, Ron, to 2017 the New York Times, Politico, and some other mainstream media outlets treating the UAP issue slash UFO issue as a real issue for the first time. You had uh, the front page of the New York Times, photos of military pilots 
encountering these aircraft. They released the video. You can hear the shock uh, with these experienced naval pilots explaining that they're following these objects that they don't know how, they don't understand what they're seeing. They've never seen anything like this. How are these objects moving like this? The fact that the New York Times, CBS News, CNN, Fox News, Politico all started covering this as a serious subject in 2017. How much of how much was that a game changer for the UFO disclosure movement and for MUFON specifically? Well, it certainly it brought a certain amount of legitimacy to the field. Um, and in the film, we have Ralph Blumenthal throughout the whole thing. He's the guy that actually broke that story with Leslie Keen and another writer. And so he's in the film. I went to New York and interviewed him. It was a game changer for the modern era, but it was also a repeat performance of something that happened back in the 50s and 60s and, and around the time post uh, post Roswell. So it, it's interesting. And in the film, we kind of lay out, you know, this, this all looks nice and new. But if you if you look back to uh uh, the past, the, this whole thing's been repeated almost verbatim. So we have a modern era of UFO openness, um, supposedly, but it's it's really still being engineered and controlled by the same people that have been managing it for, for ever since it became a modern thing. And we're still not getting straight answers, but we're starting to pry open the, the, the lid. What makes this documentary different from a lot of the other, some very good documentaries that I've seen over the years, is that usually most of these UAP or extraterrestrial UFO documentaries, they pick one thing to focus on. They pick the idea of, okay, there's something the government's hiding at Area 51, let's explore what that might be. Or they pick the Roswell crash, or they pick the thesis that uh, that these are time travelers, or that these are uh, entities that are in, hidden in the ocean somewhere. You actually showcase all these different possibilities and leave open the possibility that it could be any number or some combination of things. Uh, from a filmmaker's pr- perspective, why did you choose to do that? Why did you choose to showcase so many different possibilities and views rather than stick with one ironclad view that, uh, okay, this is what's going on and this is how we know it? Well, besides the fact that anybody who says that they, that, that is the case doesn't know what they're talking about, I wanted to if, – if the, the film is, is basically fact, 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 fact. And we weave a story starting with after 1947, backed up by FOIA requests, freedom of information stuff, interviews with people who ran programs that were supposedly didn't even exist. And they finally come out and say, well, actually it did. Um, and so what we're trying to do is tell the whole story, the whole overarching story, but without going out into too many of these UFO documentaries. I have this thing I call, if you have a second for something funny, it's, mm. I call it the Midwest bar test. If you walk into a bar in the Midwest, you know, just good old, um, you know, salt of the earth people having a, having a beer after work and you tell them you're into UFOs, you're going to get their attention and they're going to say, well, what about them? And you could say something like, well, I know that there's evidence of some kind of non-human footprint on the whole history of humanity. There's evidence for that. There's plenty of evidence that the government has 
been lying to us about what they know. Plenty of evidence for that. And there's plenty of evidence for the fact that, that, that or at least mathematical evidence and science pretty much agrees that we're not alone in the universe. It's, it's pretty much a general understanding. Now, these guys at this bar, you know, middle America, average folks, that you, you go there and they're going to be like, yeah, you know what? That's probably true. Here, let me buy you a beer. But when you start talking about, oh, and by the way, I was, I was an age-regressing time traveler who went to Mars and fought giant spiders mm. uh, on, on submarines in space. Well, you know, then you're going to get dragged out and probably they're going to escort you to your car if they don't beat you up. So the, if it doesn't pass the Midwest bar test, I'm not interested in putting it out. <laughs> as, as, as Ralph Blumenthal says in the movie, there's plenty of people out there making these UFO documentaries that are that, that really is, are so much um, conjecture and there's not a solid amount of proof. I wanted to make a, a film where there's a really good case for everything we say. And as Ralph Blumenthal says, what we can, what we can prove or make a solid case for is compelling enough. And I'll leave the, I'll leave the far out stuff to the other people. You know, we're MUFON and we're scientifically oriented and we want to make a film that, that is credible all the way across the board. Yeah, the film is going to be released on most platforms in April. If you want to learn more about it or if you want to see the trailer, which I do recommend, you can go to the website AccidentalTruths.com. That's Accidental Truths with an S. I want you to, if you can, we're talking with the filmmaker Ron James, address the skeptics in our audience. I am almost on a daily basis, dumbfounded that in spite of all the evidence that's out there, uh, in spite of videos, in spite of photos, in spite of eyewitness accounts, in spite of credible naval videos, in spite of, um, you know, Harvard professors and physicists examining people that claim they were abducted and claim and say they were telling the truth. In spite of all this, there are still some people out there that don't buy this stuff. They don't buy that there's uh, that flying saucers or UAPs or or some sort of being that's not like the human beings that we know that have contacted uh, the people on this earth. Explain to the folks that fit into that category, the super skeptics, how why you believe otherwise, why you think that there is a likelihood that extraterrestrial or some similar beings have been present on this earth. Well, I mean, you know, obviously there's the things that we don't cover in the film is all the historic stuff that, you know, Eric Von Doniken was talking about years ago. Um, but when you look at the modern era and you look at the trail of, of stuff that got, has been released through the FOIA, you talk to the people that, that would actually know and you start really digging in, you come up with a pretty solid case. And I used to say I was involved in the production of the Citizen Hearing on Disclosure. It was my company that produced all the media. And um, we paraded, you know, 50 witnesses over a week in front of ex-members of Congress in a, in a mock trial situation. And it's always been said that if you uh, if you took the evidence for the for the UFO reality and you put it in front of a jury, uh, they would find in favor of, of the whole situation sure. being legitimate. And, and you know, how many times do you have to do that? And I think in Accidental Truth, we do that a few times. We're able to draw very distinct lines between events, and we're able to show that this stuff happened, and we're able to, to, to paint a story. And the people involved are the ones that really tell us the the truth, even though they're trying not to. It's it's a very unique approach. I managed to make the film that clearly shows people being deceptive without denigrating them at all, but it's still clear um, what's going on. 
So I think I, I like to think that we've when you ask about why there's it's 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 not really all over the place. It's telling a story from beginning to end with the supporting evidence that we have available mm-hmm. that, that, that backs up that story. And so, you know, we're just trying to tell the whole thing uh, up until current events. You chronicle a very interesting era in American UAP history, specifically the period between 1947 and 2005. Why was that uh, such a noteworthy era in American history? Well, because that's when supposedly nothing was going on. The, the, the official stance, and we call it the new narrative, the story we're being fed is that Project Blue Book ended. The government had no interest in UFOs until the ATIP program started. It came out of uh, Robert Bigelow's operation. And we're supposed to believe that nothing was happening during that period. And accidental truth is all about proving that, yes, there was stuff happening during that period. This is what they studied. This is what they found. And this is what this is what they came up with. And so what what, what I believe we're seeing now with with this, what I call the new narrative, uh, is that they've figured out a way to, to start bubbling up this information without having to admit this deep, covert uh, labyrinth that existed during that time. And, and that really is, is what we're trying to, to expose is that the, of course they've been studying this stuff and, and, and now we can prove it to some degree. I think a lot of people in our audience have heard the term extraterrestrial. Many of them may not have heard the term ultra terrestrial. You deal with this a little bit in the film the idea that uh, perhaps some of these beings uh, or some of these craft that people are seeing are not necessarily the product of entities coming here from space, but it could be a civilization or some uh, some species that's already pleasant on the planet. I'm wondering if you could give people a quick primer on the ultra-terrestrial hypothesis. Well, you know, there's definitely evidence that these things are, are able to go from under the ocean to space through our atmosphere. There's, there's the possibility that Earth has been through, it's billions and billions of years old. We do not know that we are the only intelligent species that's ever lived on this planet. There's plenty of, uh, plenty of evidence to suggest that we don't know anything about the true history of the planet Earth. And the idea that maybe there was some kind of advanced technological culture uh, even a breakaway human society at one point that survived an Earth-like cataclysm. It, they could be millions of years old. They could be billions of years old, they, and they could be here. And so it's quite po- – and, and there could also just be, uh, you know, bases for extraterrestrials here on Earth to the point where they're, they maintain a constant presence. The idea that some of this stuff may just be another species that's living right beside us could explain some of what we're seeing. And nothing really explains all of what we're seeing with one answer. That's that's something that we try to point mm. out in the film. You can you can say, well, there, there's extraterrestrials or there's potential other beings. We don't even may not even know what life is. Uh, nothing explains everything. One of the other theories that I've heard frequently, and you deal with this a bit in the film, is that these beings may not be coming from space, but they could be interdimensional beings how would that work what what does that exactly mean uh, to folks that uh, that might not be familiar with that hypothesis well you know there's a there's a argument out there in physics that we have something called the multiverse and there's an argument out there that we have different dimensions that we don't know exist so imagine uh, 
a dial on a radio. When you turn the dial on the radio, you hear one thing. And when, as you turn it, you tune into something completely different. Now, we don't see the real spectrum of color. We don't hear the real spectrum of sound. We don't uh, touch the real spectrum of physical reality. And there, there could be entirely other levels going on literally right in our same space uh, that are existing simultaneously with us that, we just, that we're just not aware of. And that is, a, that is another possibility that, that I know that Lou Elizondo and his people looked at, and they actually think that that might be part of it. I know some people, including some very credible academics, they've put forward the theory that uh, that this could be time travelers from the future, that these could be people from 500 years from now, 1,000 years from now, that are coming back in time to have a look at what things are, what things are like in this era. Do you give that possibility any credence? Well, we certainly bring it up in the film with a sentence or two. Uh, Throughout the whole film, we have Dr. Michio Kaku, who I, again, interviewed in New York. And he's been making the rounds in the UFO things. But there hasn't been an appearance like this because we took specific technologies that we know were studied or conceived or uh, at least looked at and asked him for his scientific opinion of those technologies. And time travel is one of the things that he kind of has doubts about. Mm -hmm. But um, at the end of the day, you can't rule anything out. And even he says that. So then I think what a lot of people subscribe to is that these are extraterrestrials, that these are beings from other planets. What do you think the likelihood of that is? I think it's highly likely. I think it's whatever the ultimate answer is, uh, as far as, what is creating all of these different types of phenomenon. Uh, the ET issue is definitely going to be at play. Um, you know, it's pretty, pretty easy to understand that we probably are being visited by any number of, of extraterrestrial species in addition to all the other things that we're seeing. Oh, talking with Ron James, you can learn more about the film Accidental Truth by going to the website AccidentalTruths.com. The the cynics among us, uh, Ron, may say, well, no, these these objects are very impressive, but uh, they're not from space. They're either high end American military aircraft of some type or they're uh, the experimental aircraft of a, a military defense contractor or they're Russian or Chinese. Is that a possibility? Well, there's certainly some of them that, that, that appear to be that way, especially some of the ones that came out afterwards. Uh, you know, there's a, there's another filmmaker that has, uh, made a lot of hay about these, um, night vision shots of something flying over one of our ships, uh, that, that is clearly some kind of drone. It's, it's, it's clearly not ET. It's got aviation lights flashing at FAA compliant sequences. And, and so, there is that. One thing that we point out in the film and we illustrate is that objects doing the same things that these these objects are described to do, and I'm not talking about the ones that, that we can figure out what they are. I'm talking about the ones that are doing things that defy flight laws and physics. These, these objects have been witnessed going all the way back to the 40s and 50s. Mm. They were studied by a secret government organization that we expose in the film and and the guy that ran that program talks about how yeah you know 30 years ago 
we were seeing objects doing this. And then, and the air force talks about, they were seeing objects doing that in the fifties. So the idea that these things are an adversary, if they were, the adversary would have had to have them back to, you know, the right. world war II era. Right. So, it, you know, if we, if this was something brand new and the, and we hadn't uncovered the fact that they've been tracking objects like this all along, then that might be a possibility, but it's hard to believe that Russia, China, or anybody else had things that could sure. fly at you know high speeds and then come to a dead stop and turn direction of you know seventy five years ago. Ron, you got to come back. Maybe we can continue this conversation next week. But let me end with this: obviously, the uh, the objects that have gotten a lot of attention recently are the three objects that were shot down by the U.S. government in the aftermath of the Chinese spy balloon. What do you think those objects were? Oh, they're obviously, they're definitely man-made. MUFON released a, a report of not only those those objects in particular, but we have a catalog of similar sightings. And they're... There's really like like we like to say there's nothing to see there. It was it was the Chinese balloon was obviously what it was, and these other objects that they shot down uh, clearly are not ET. Because you know one thing to think about if we've really had extraterrestrial objects flying around or non-human objects in our space, and I, I believe that they they know it, they know every single one and where they are. And there's a policy not to shoot them down because why would you? So this whole thing with the balloons is it's it's balloons. Well, uh, we're gonna have to end it there, Ron. I appreciate the time very much. I want to encourage everybody to see the film AccidentalTruths.com. Maybe we can continue the conversation in the next week or two, Ron, because uh, the, I have pages worth of notes that I'd love to uh, that I'd love to ask you about. Congratulations again on the film. And you liked it. I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was terrific. Thank you. All right. Thank yeah, you. maybe get back after we're closer to the release. Absolutely. We'll do that. Ron James, thank you. Uh, you can go to AccidentalTruths.com. You want to comment on any portion of our conversation, give me a call. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight.